Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome. If you're in the lobby, please feel free to join us for church this morning. Plenty of seats right up front. If you're joining us online, thank you for tuning in today. We hope that you're blessed in your homes as much as we are by being here. Uh, Welcome. Glad you're here today. If you're a visitor, I hope you receive one of our welcome gifts. If you did not, please ask someone for one before you go. It's got a little gift in there for you to remember your time here by and some information about who we are here at New Covenant Church. Um, A quick announcement for you. The Lampasas Ministerial Alliance is doing a back-to-school supply drive for local families. So there's some sheets outside on the table out to the right in the lobby. If you'll pick one of those up, purchase the items that are on that list, put them in a bag and bring them back, they'll make sure at their back-to-school rally that it goes to a deserving family here in Lampasas. Stand up with me this morning. We're going to have corporate communion. You can still worship with your tithes and offerings outside in the boxes in the lobby. Father God, I thank you for who you are and what you're doing here at New Covenant Church through us as a body and individuals. Lord, thank you for what you're doing through us and to us. We ask you to continue the good work that you've begun. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise in the valley, praise on the mountain. I'll praise when I'm sure, praise when I'm down. I'll praise when I'm numbered, I'll praise when surrounded. Cause praise is the water, oh my enemies drowning. As long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to praise the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. I'll praise when I feel it, and I'll praise when I don't. I'll praise cause I know. That you're still in control Cause my praise is a weapon And it's more than a sound Praise is a shout That brings Jericho down As long as I'm breathing I've got a reason to pray Faithful, praise cause you're true, 
praise cause there's nobody greater than you all praise cause you're sovereign praise cause you reign praise cause you rose and defeated the grave i'll praise cause you're faithful i'll praise cause you're true praise cause there's nobody greater than
And if they didn't, if you'd please raise your hand, we'll have someone bring them to you. At New Covenant Church, we believe if you have accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you're a member of our family, the family of God. We ask you to join in this family meal with us. If you're joining us at home, please feel free to grab crackers, juice, anything that you have nearby. As it's just a symbol of what we're doing, so you can join with us. When Jesus was with his disciples after the dinner, he grabbed a loaf of bread. He took it and he said, this bread is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So as you open the small side of your cup this morning to expose the wafer, Father God, this morning, in remembrance of the sacrifice of your son, whose body was broken on the cross, we take this bread. Remember the sacrifice and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. You may take the bread. And as you open the juice in the same way, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Father God, we remember with this juice that your son's blood was poured out on the cross for us for the forgiveness of our sins and the healing in our bodies. And without that, we wouldn't spend time with you in eternity. So we thank you for that sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're on the end of the row, if you'd look down below you, there's a container to put your elements in. Thank you. Let's continue to worship.
before the beginning and you will remain forever. Lord, we give you all praise and all honor and all glory. Lord, it's due to you and you alone. Father, I just pray this morning, we invite your Holy Spirit, Lord. You said that you would not leave us alone, but you would send us a helper. And your word says that he would reveal all truth to us, Lord. Father, I pray that as your word is Uh, spoken this morning, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will bring it to life, revelation of truth, Lord, that we might be transformed by the power of your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. If you are a guest, welcome. Well, at NCC, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. And it's not just something that we say. Our heart is always to know, hear, and respond to God. And I want to take just a few minutes this morning to share two things that we believe that God has spoken to us and that we're responding to. The first is related to a prophetic word that we received in 2019, that this would be a church of healing. That people would 
come here and be healed physically, emotionally, and mentally. Well, that's not something that any of us could do uh, on our own and our own strength and our own power. That's not something that you would counsel in or advise in. That's something that is only done by the power of God. And we believe that that was a word given by God and it's a word that he is going to accomplish. But we also, as we have prayed over that word since then, um, in how we're to respond, how we are to prepare uh, for that, he's given us some other things that we believe that we're to do. And the first one of those was uh, we felt led to bring in uh, Christian speakers into the community, uh, into Lampasas, to speak to these areas. And the first one that we brought in was at the end of last year. Uh, many of you may remember hearing Amy Spears speak. She's a licensed professional counselor, and she spoke to emotional and mental health. And she spoke at uh, the high school cafeteria, and that was open to the entire community. And she also spoke uh, and did some trainings here for some of our ministry teams, not only for New Covenant, but other churches in the area. And then she also spoke uh, here at the church on Sunday morning. Well, at the end of this month, we're bringing in the second speaker, uh, and we believe God lined lined this up through, it's a long story, but it was interesting how he brought the whole thing together. Uh, But at the beginning of, uh, at the end of July and the beginning of August, uh, we're bringing bringing in psychiatrist and uh, doctor uh, Nicholas Westers. Um, And he is a Christian psychiatrist who specializes in non-suicidal self-harm in adolescence. So it's a very specific, uh, his his, uh, practice is is a very specialized one. You may or may not know, but self-harm is a widespread issue among adolescents. Research shows that there's uh, one in five adolescents are participating in self-harm. So if, if... our, in our middle school and, and high school, if there's someone who's not participating it, they absolutely know someone who is. And Dr. Westers is going to speak at a community-wide youth event, most likely in our NCC West building, on Monday, July 31st from 6 to 8 p.m. And we're inviting all the youth groups in the community. And the topic is going to be supporting a friend who self-harms. And he's, he's spoken to youth in that, in that way before and opens it up where, you know, anyone can listen, anyone can ask questions, even if they're the one that may be, the question may be for, but the topic is helping a friend. So they can ask for their friend, um, but still get some of, some of the knowledge and information that they may need to, to start on a path toward healing. He's also going to be uh, speaking and presenting at three of the sessions uh, for our LISD teachers and administrators. Um, they, they have uh, two or three days every year at the beginning of the year for in-service days, and so he is going to be presenting three of those sessions. Um, someone actually told me before the, uh, after the second service, or I'm sorry, the first service, because I was saying if you were a, you know, part of the LISD staff, you might consider signing up for one of those sessions, but they said that all three sessions are actually already full. So that's a blessing that, that it is getting a response, and those, those teachers and administrators and counselors will be equipped uh, to help uh, youth in, in our uh, middle school and high school uh, who may be experiencing that issue. The other area that we believe we've heard God in and are responding to is uh, we believe he spoke to us to launch our children's ministry, uh, both our early childhood and our NCC kids ministry in our 9 a.m. service. And we'll be starting that in September. 
And if you haven't already, I just want to encourage you again to please pray and consider helping in one of these areas. Our kids need to be filled with the word of God. They need that foundation put in them. And everyone that helps in those ministries helps to assist in that process. And we need, we need more adults. We've got uh, quite a few youth helpers. We've got a good amount of adult helpers. But we need more adults involved in both the 9 a.m. and the 1030 service. So I would encourage you to think and pray about that. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to do that, please contact either Lance Brodsky, uh, his wife Megan Brodsky, who oversees our NCC Kids Now, or uh, Tammy Self, who oversees our early childhood. Uh, you can also fill out our online Connect card and mark that you'd be interested in that, or just put a note of that, or fill out one of the paper Connect cards in the foyer and drop it in one of uh, the offering boxes out in the foyer. Um, and somebody would reach out to you that way if you don't, you may not know who any of those people are, but if you, if you do that online or fill out that card, we will be in contact. But we absolutely believe that God has called us to reach the children and our youth of our community, but we can't do it without people like you who are called to reach our kids. Well, this morning we're going to continue uh, the series that we've been on for the last three weeks entitled The Mind of Christ. We've covered a lot of ground over the past three weeks in this series. We started out looking at Colossians 1.18 and saw that Jesus Christ is the head of the body. And 1 Corinthians uh, 2.16 made it clear that we, the body of Christ, have the mind of Christ. And we discussed how the battle for our mind is not a physical battle, but a spiritual one. And the weapons of that battle are not physical, but spiritual as well. And our spiritual weapons have divine power, the Word of God says, power to destroy strongholds. And our primary weapon in that battle is prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God. And the Word tells us that we can take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Take it, send it to the feet of Jesus in those conversations, in those prayers. And Jesus has already defeated every spiritual enemy. And when we send them to him, they must submit to him. The battle was already won on the cross and in the resurrection. The work is done. If you missed any of these messages, they're available uh, on our website. Through, you can listen to it on, via podcast or also watch them on our website or social media pages. And we went into all those topics in much more detail. This morning, our focus is going to be learning the mind of Christ. Our minds are learning continually. Even when we don't realize it, we discussed last week that this is one of the reasons it's so important for us to guard our thoughts, because everything we let in has an effect on us, whether we realize it or not. Whatever we listen to, whatever we see, every conversation we have, we learn by seeing and hearing. One of the most effective ways that we learn is actually practicing what we've learned. And these are just some of the reasons that proactive and intentional learning is key to ensuring our minds are lining up with the mind of Christ. Jesus has called us to be disciples. That word disciple means to be a learner, a student. For us to make disciples means that we have to be a teacher. But Jesus Christ also called us to be disciples, which means that each one of us are called to be lifelong learners of Jesus Christ. The book of Psalms starts out by stressing the importance of learning the right things and then practicing those things. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 1. 
It's also going to be up on the screen. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. The, the book of Psalms literally starts out with this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. He doesn't walk in or practice evil. Rather, walks in and delights in God's law and teaching. The word used there for law is the word Torah. The Torah refers to the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy. It's also translated as teaching, direction, and instruction. It's the word of God. Today, for us, the the word that that is referring to would be referring to the entire Bible. This is the word of God. It's our instruction. It's our direction. It's our discipline. And it's what we're called to meditate on day and night and to be taught by. The one who is blessed is the one who delights in the words of God. His law, his teaching, his direction, and his instruction. And not only are we to delight in it, we're to meditate on it day and night. These are actions. We are to actively turn away from evil counsel and actively turn toward walking in God's counsel, delighting in it, meditating on it, practicing it. Does this reference on meditating on God's law or his word, his teaching day and night, remind you of a passage that we looked at last week? How about Philippians chapter 4, verse 8? Think on these things. Whatever is good, whatever is worthy of praise, whatever is honorable, whatever is excellent, think on these things. Meditate on him and his word. Turning away from the thoughts and the counsel of the enemy and turning toward God and his word. Replacing those thoughts with his thoughts. Psalm 94, 12 says, Blessed is the man whom you instruct. O Lord, and teach out of your law. There it is again. That's the same word, Torah, instruction, discipline. God himself will instruct us. Blessed is the man who you instruct, who you discipline. Jesus promised He would, through the Holy Spirit, reveal all truth to us that he himself would teach us. But we have to participate in that process. Hebrews 12.6 says, For the Lord disciplines or instructs the one he loves and chastises every son who he receives. That word discipline also means instruction. It's so important in our walk with God that we continue to learn and receive his instruction and respond properly to his discipline. Any parent knows that the point of discipline is instruction. 
And I'll say, maybe we should say good parents, good fathers, good mothers. Know that there is no uh, joy to be received, no pleasure to be received from disciplining our sons and daughters. We do it because we love them. We do it because we want to instruct them. We do it because we want to teach them. And we have a loving father in heaven that is better than any father who's ever lived on this earth. And he wants to instruct you. He wants to teach you himself through his word, through his Holy Spirit that he has sent to give us revelation to his truth, to understand his word. And there is no way that we can get that understanding or comprehend it apart from him, apart from his revelation, apart from his Holy Spirit. He will instruct us because he loves us. Let's take a look at one of the things that Jesus instructed and taught. And we're going to start out in verse 1 of Matthew 11. Again, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. But verse 1 says, when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Jesus instructed his disciples, his students, and he also taught and preached to the crowds. If Jesus thought it was important enough to instruct and teach, that means it's important for us to learn. Well, what was Jesus teaching on that day? Let's jump down to verse 28 of chapter 11. This is in the same flow of teaching. And Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest For your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of us are laboring and heavy laden this morning? You feel burdened. You don't think you can carry it another day. You look at everything that's going on around in the world, around you, and it seems like everything is falling apart. And you wonder, what can I do about it? What difference can I make? Maybe if I pick up a little bit more, maybe if I carry a little bit more, I can carry my family, I can carry my children, I can carry my coworkers, I can carry everything, all these burdens, maybe I can carry it. And you're about to drop. Because you can't. We can't. But Jesus had something he wanted to teach us on this day. And the answer was, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It doesn't make sense. Jesus had a different perspective. We talked about that earlier in this series, how God the Father and 
Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are relaxed. And that's a word that we wouldn't ever really think to tie to God, but the word is full of saying that God is the God of peace. How could he be at peace when so much horrible, horrible evil is going on around us? He sees things differently than we do. His truth, his word says that everything has already been taken care of. That Jesus Christ was crucified. He paid the price and even resurrected before the foundation of the world. That was the plan before it ever even started. And he fulfilled that and is continuing to fulfill it. The word says that God is seated on his throne. You you can't find anywhere in scripture where God has not been seated. God the Father has not been seated on his throne. He's never had to get up. Everything is done. It's taken care of. When Satan, the one person who would come against him, rose up and tried to challenge him. He didn't stand up. There was no battle. The word of God says Satan fell like lightning. It was already taken care of. He'd already lost. That's what the word of God says. And Jesus said, you're trying to carry burdens that aren't yours to carry. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. We can rest in it. We can have the same peace he has because it's taken care of. We just have to walk with him in it and participate with him in it. It's done. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So how do we learn from Jesus? How do we do this? As I mentioned earlier at NCC, we invite all people in the communities that we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. If each of us walk out knowing, hearing, and responding to Jesus Christ, we will consistently learn how more and more of the mind of Christ. Not just knowing facts about him, but actually having our lives and our thoughts transformed. It takes all three. What does it look to walk these out? We know him better through prayer which is having conversations with God and through reading and meditating on His Word day and night. Proverbs 2, 1 and 7, 1 both encourage us to store up my commands within you. We can store up God's Word within us, but we have to be very careful that we don't know just facts about Him. We have to have a relationship with Him that flows out of every area of our lives. It's also essential that we ask God for his perspective, his view on things, and that only comes from revelation from the Holy Spirit when we look and seek his word. 
We read a moment ago that Jesus wanted us to learn from him, that he could give our souls rest and that his burden is easy and light. And most of us can't even begin to comprehend that because we have a completely different perspective. We don't see things the way he sees them. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. They're nothing alike. They're nothing alike. We can't even begin to comprehend what his thoughts and ways are like. But we can trust him. We can put our trust in him and our hope in him. If we have biblical wisdom and understanding... If we have God's perspective, we can be at peace regardless of the circumstances. We can know him and we can hear him and we can respond to his voice in confidence with full assurance that he will be with us. We also need to hear God to learn the mind of Christ. We could describe that hearing as the revelation of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit reveals truth and convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. In John 16, 7 through 8 and verse 13, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. As we gain knowledge and then wisdom and understanding, the Holy Spirit gives revelation into that truth, which brings conviction. Did you know that it's not my job or any preacher's job to reveal to you truth? or to convict you of sin. We simply preach the word of God. We share the word of God. And the Holy Spirit brings conviction, both of sin in areas where we are off, where we are missing the mark, and also conviction of belief. Conviction of belief allows us to actually do what we say we believe. When we get to the point of true belief and practicing these things, no argument will persuade us. We can boldly stand up against persecution of any kind because we know the truth. We, the truth is Jesus Christ. That's the truth that we know. The living truth. The living Father who's still seated on the throne. So it doesn't matter What else is going on or what battle it looks like the enemy may be winning? He is defeated. That's the truth. And once we know the truth and have heard the voice of God and have conviction from the Holy Spirit, we can respond to his voice. And we could also describe that responding as practicing or working on a skill and seeing God move. And I say seeing God move because when we step out in faith in response to his word, God does what only he can do. We can't do anything on our own. But when God is speaking to us and we know him and have heard him and step out in faith on his word, he moves. 
And he does what only he can do. He transforms us and he transforms those around us by his power, by his spirit. He gives them the same revelation that he's given us. In Matthew 23, 1 through 3, Jesus talks about the importance of actually responding to and practicing the truth that we learn. It says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach, but do not practice. The Pharisees knew God's word. Many of them literally knew the first five books of the Bible by heart. They could quote it. They knew about God, but they didn't know God. But that fact didn't change the truth. Jesus said, they're still telling you the truth. Just do what they say. Don't follow anything that they do. This passage is actually a condemning word or very sobering word to pastors because it would be very easy for us to do the same thing. We can preach the word, we can say the word, but we may not be practicing the word ourselves. But that doesn't change the truth. I would, I'll I'll be responsible for judgment. I have to answer God for my own heart and my own life and my own actions. But if I preach the truth, the Holy Spirit can still use those words to convict and change and transform whether I'm believing it or not because this word is true. In Philippians 4.9, Paul wrote, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. We have to have a balance between learning and doing. It takes all three of these principles to continually learn the mind of Christ. Knowing God, hearing his voice, and then actually responding to it. Practicing what we preach. I mentioned a couple weeks ago how... Uh, we could ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us one area, one spiritual discipline that we could practice. Maybe it's prayer, just having conversation with God. Maybe it's reading and memorizing His Word, not for the knowledge only, but inviting the Holy Spirit to bring revelation and transformation so that we can replace those thoughts of the enemy. Maybe it's practicing taking those thoughts, every thought captive to the feet of Jesus Christ that he might bring it into obedience and submission to him. But it's easy for us to learn so many things but not practice any of them. And my encouragement to you is ask God, what would you have me practice? What would you have me learn? And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. God says against these things there is no law. Each one of those are characteristics that the Holy Spirit can develop and work in us. We can't walk in any of those in his truth and his perspective apart from him. It has to be from God if it's real peace. Jesus said, I have a peace that's different than the world's peace. He has a a love that's different than the world's love. 
Every, he, he's gentle in a way that has nothing to do with the world's gentleness. Every single one of those, the Holy Spirit can bring about revelation and transformation in our life if we'll walk with him in it, if we'll invite him into the process with us, and if we'll practice it. Whatever it is that he's speaking to you, invite him in to work that out in you. And you will grow. You will mature. You will be transformed by the power of God. And it will be evident to everyone around you. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says that if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength but wisdom brings success. It doesn't take near as much effort to chop wood with a sharp axe as it does a dull one. Abraham Lincoln was a man of God, and he was a man of the word and a man of wisdom. And he said, give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. I think he'd read this passage in Ecclesiastes. He had wisdom that was from God, not just from man. Wisdom brings success. We need to give God time to sharpen our axe. When we're carrying our own load and our own burden, we're out there chopping chopping with a dull axe. We may not even have a head on the axe. We got a stick hitting a stick. But the power of God will transform us, will sharpen us, will give us the ability to do what he has called us to do. We can walk in wisdom. We can walk in understanding. We can walk with God, with his mind, with his thoughts. But we have to submit to that. If you're part of the ministry team, I want to invite you to go ahead and come forward. We're going to close in prayer in just a moment. And I really want to ask each and every one of you to pray. It may already be evident to you. I know I've been uh, seated where you are many times before and hearing the word of God. It has nothing to do with me or what I'm saying. We've read the word of God this morning. And when the Holy Spirit convicted me in areas in my life, my heart would be burning. I knew what he was saying. I knew what the response was. I knew the area of my life that I needed to turn over to him. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking that to you, you already know. Respond to him. Respond to him. And he will take your burden, your heavy burden that you cannot carry. And he'll replace it with his because it's light because he helps carry it and you will have rest for your soul. It's a promise. Dearly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you are seated on your throne, victorious. The King of kings, Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega. And you will be forever and ever and ever and ever. 
Father, I pray that this morning the Holy Spirit, not only for those he already spoke to, Father, but anyone asking right now, Lord, that they would know, that they know, that they know, that they have heard the voice of God. And you will give them the boldness to respond. We ask these in your name. Amen. Well, as we close in worship, I invite you to come pray with one of the ministry teams. Come pray at the altar. Pray where you are. But I beg you, respond to the voice of God. Somebody shared a word with me this morning, and and I want to share it with you. It says, I had a picture of Jesus bringing victory to every situation today. He was walking through the room and stepping on every situation 
that we are going through and breaking through it, crushing all situations of hopelessness, circumstances that are pressing in on families right now, finances, relationships, marriages, parents' relationships with their kids, job hardships. Jesus was stepping on all of them and bringing in victory over each one. Crushing all attacks of the enemy people are going through. Then Jesus' garment was healing all sicknesses and injuries. I saw someone with cancer healed as Jesus walked through the room. Someone with an injury they've had for years being healed. The word I kept hearing was victory. There's a powerful presence of Jesus bringing victory to every need this morning. I felt it was for everyone in church today and the invitation for victory for them. As I was reading this, 1 John 5, uh, 4 through 5 came to my mind. It says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Father God, we speak the victory that you have already won over every circumstance, over every situation, over every life, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we believe you can and will do what only you can do. Lord, and we receive that victory. We pray one more time. I don't want to miss one word you speak. Everything you say is alive to me. I don't want to miss one word you speak. Quiet my heart, I'm listening. Mm, I don't want to miss one word you speak. Everything you say is alive to me. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you. Just like the truth, Jesus Christ is the word. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the life. In the beginning was the victory over death. Father God, open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. Give us the faith to respond. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The ministry teams will still be available to pray with you if you have a need. We pray that you be blessed this week and please respond to his leading.